0: One
2: team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets
0: select Anthony Davis. And our team, Mardi Gras, about to break Let's out. Talk here. about my fate. To the 20. Dice. Touchdown. Who that?
2: This is The Chris Gordy Show.
3: What is happening, New Orleans? Welcome into The Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to have you guys board with us as we're coming to you live from Los Angeles this morning as uh, producer Michael and I are out here getting ready to take in game six of the World Series tonight. It's the Houston Astros, an opportunity to close this thing out and head back to uh, Houston with a World Series championship. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome that the uh, kid from LSU, Alex Bregman, has an opportunity to be the MVP of the World Series because he has been absolutely phenomenal, and uh, man, it's 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 just something special. I know there's a lot of it's a good bit of Astros fans in the New Orleans area. There's there's a few Dodger fans, including Todd Graffinini, uh, who uh, uh, tried to meet up with the other day. He came out to Game Five, I want to say, uh, didn't get a chance to, to to meet up with him. But uh, you know, look, um, Dodgers. It, it, this series is as evenly matched as, as you would expect. I mean, two 100-win teams, uh, both with a lot of strengths. You know, the first few games we saw dominant pitching, and then this last game we saw dominant hitting. Where both, both lineups just would not go away. The Astros uh, would come from behind and, and nick up Clayton Kershaw, and then, uh, you know, and then the the Dodgers, they they'd tie it, then the Dodgers would take the lead, and then the Astros would come right back. So it was just a crazy, crazy game on Sunday night. And now here we are. We're back in Los Angeles, and Astros with an opportunity to close this thing out tonight in Game 6. that they cannot, there will be a Game 7 tomorrow night. But if you're Houston, you got to feel pretty good about yourself tonight with Justin Verlander on the mound, who has been absolutely phenomenal ever since he's come over to to the Astros. And you know it feels like a momentum thing right it feels like you're you're carrying the momentum from the other night with the walk-off win in in extra innings in the 10th inning Alex Bregman dr- drives in the game-winning run and now here we are with Justin Verlander your best pitcher on the mound tonight it feels like you know if if for some reason Verlander and the Astros can't get it done tonight it would feel like Everyone would favor the Dodgers in a Game Seven. Now, if there were a Game Seven, the Astros would be throwing, you know, their guy Lance but colors probably throw a little Charlie Morton, and both those guys have been really good in the postseason as well. So, you know, they would have an opportunity. But it's just one of those things where, you know, it feels like that whoever the latest team to win is, that's the team that kind of has a little bit of the momentum, and we'll see if that carries over to tonight. So, we're out here in Los Angeles. It'll be just after seven o'clock, I think seven twenty. First pitch central time it'll be 5:20 out here and by the way if you can't tell from my voice the uh, time difference just really throws you off it's 6 a.m here it's 8 a.m back in new orleans and it's uh it man it's it's uh it throws you for a loop you forget what i mean them they, they had the monday night football game on last night and it started at five o'clock here it's just very strange uh the time difference if you're not used to the west coast timing but uh we got a lot of stuff we got to get to throughout the morning. If you want to get in, you can do so on the phone, on the phone lines, 504-260-1280, 504-260-1280. you follow me on Twitter, I'm at Chris Gordy. Um, it is Hate Bama Week here on the show. Uh, Coach O spoke with the media yesterday. We'll play you some audio from him, some hi- from him speaking with the media. Uh, the Saints, they continue to prepare this week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were uh, Saints are looking for their six straight win, so we will hear the latest from them. Sean Payton speaking with the media yesterday. Um, a tough loss by the Pelicans last night at home versus the Magic boogie kind of came back down to earth. Really, the Pelicans' defense just fell apart. I mean, they let Orlando go off on them, and uh, I was texting with a buddy of mine last night. He's like, that's a bad loss. I said, maybe Orlando's pretty good. I mean, they're 5-2, and two, and who knew? <laughs> you know, that's... You look at that team, and it's not a very good team. But um, maybe that team's a little bit of a surprise this year. Maybe they might do do some damage. But for the Pelicans, it, it, that's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow. Remember, because I've been saying all week, you got it. You got to stretch here of some games, some very winnable games. I mean, look, you you won the tough one. You won the against the Cavs on Saturday night. You 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 won a game I thought you had no chance of winning, and now you followed it up with a loss to the Magic at home. Like, come on, so. They got to figure some things out. They got to, um, you know, the, they got to figure out what what to do here with this next stretch of games. Very winnable games. They need to uh, string together some wins. And like I said, just as quick as they impressed us with a big home win over the Cavaliers on Saturday night, got back to 500. They fall below 500 with this home loss to the Magic, falling 115.99. Uh, uh, a great night from Anthony Davis again. Look, he's been he's been phenomenal this year. 39 points and 10 rebounds. But Boogie Cousins kind of came back down to earth offensively. Remember, he'd been killing it every game this year. I mean, it was, you know, night after night of, um, you know, dominant offensive performances, scoring in the 30s every night. And Boogie kind of came back down to earth. He had just 12 points last night on 5 of 14 shooting from the field. But he did, have, I mean, he filled up the rest of the stat sheet, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. But uh, in addition to his poor shooting, he had 6 turnovers. So not a good night from Boogie uh, offensively, but Anthony Davis kind of picked up the slack. But but the bottom line is you know, was, as 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 shocking as it was that Boogie didn't score a whole lot, he you know, he was just named Western Conference Player of the Week, averaging ridiculous offensive numbers so far this season this season. Prior to last night, he had been averaging thirty-six points, sixteen rebounds, and six assists per game uh this past week. That's that's what guarded him the player of the week honors. It was the sixth time Cousins had won the award, but the first time since being traded to the Pelicans in February. So, you know, really good time there. He, he had been playing really well, just kind of uh, the scoring fell off last night. And the other thing in this game was not much help around him. I mean, or, or around Boogie in the Brow. And that's what we've talked about all years. Who's going to step up around them? Who's going to be the guys to... To really, I mean, they've got to have a number three and number four guy contributing on, on a nightly basis. And Drew Holiday with just the 11 points last night. Etuan Moore with just eight points on four of 11 shooting, and Pelican shot just 25 percent from three. And the thing that I I just can't get over. Look, I, I get from time to time Anthony and Boogie can sneak out to the three point line and then the, then they can they can knock down a threes uh, uh, some threes. I get that, but it's happening too much in my opinion i mean boogie was two of seven from from three last night they I, I just don't like watching those guys are better served under the rim or in the pain like i just don't get having them out on the perimeter as often as they are and not getting rebounds at times i mean it, you know the, their, their rebound numbers are great i mean they, they combined for 22 last night but um uh, you know they they could have 30 if they're if they're in the paint and, and pounding it down low so you know, hey, look—it's they're gonna figure out this thing as the season rolls along. But the bottom line, twenty—you know—they had 21 points from the bench last night. It's not terrible, but I hate to keep harping on Drew Holiday. He has to be the third best player on the court every night. He just has to be. Some some nights you can live with Etoan Moore being that, but but Drew Holiday is the one making 25 million a year. He is making, you know, all all-star money. He has to step up and play better on a nightly nightly basis. And, we, and he had a great game against the Cavs on Saturday night. He was that number three scoring option that they needed so badly outside of Anthony and Boogie. But last night drew just 11 points. He's got to have more than that. He's got to have more than that. Eight assists, five of nine from the field. And like we mentioned, Etuan Moore, four of 11 from the field. So he missed seven shots. But, um, you know, they, they need that third guy. They really need that third piece. Because on a night where Boogie's not hitting shots, he missed nine of them. Anthony was on, like we said, and he had 39 points, but they need they need that third that third option, somebody else to 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 fill up the basket, and they didn't get that last night, so they followed the Magic 115 to 99. Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic both had 20 points as starters, and then Jonathan Simmons 20 points off the bench. Um, if you remember him, he was with the Spurs last year, and really showed some, some signs and looking to be a pretty good pretty good bench player for them. But, uh, hey, look, they'll regroup. And the, like we mentioned, just the way the schedule sets up, they got some, some games here coming up in the next week that are very winnable games. They'll be back at it Wednesday night, uh, tomorrow night at the arena with the Minnesota Timberwolves coming in. And Timberwolves are one of those teams everybody's thinking is going to be a playoff team. They're 4-3 and three right now. They brought in Jimmy Butler, um, you know, they brought in some other pieces like Jeff Teague, and people think that they're going to be a lot better this year. So, uh, you can win Wednesday, that's a good statement win against a team that's supposed to be a playoff team, just like you are, Then that we always talk about those teams in the conversation from four to eight, who, who or, or rather five to eight, who are the five through eight playoff teams? So, we know one, two, three, four is most likely going to be Golden State, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Houston.
1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
3: 18 plus. So New Orleans are two of those teams that a lot of people projected to be in that mix. So you come out, play hard Wednesday night, get that win. Then you go down the road, four four-game four game road trip. But it's not a terrible four-game road trip. You start with Dallas on Friday night in Dallas. Dallas is miserable. Dallas is a bad team. You should be able to beat them. Then Saturday night, you're in Chicago. They're a bad team. You should be able to beat them. Then on Tuesday of next week, you go to Indiana. should be able to beat the Pacers. And then you're in Toronto, and that's going to be tough. But regardless, uh, an opportunity here to run off some wins. And, uh, you know, I thought last night was, was one of those games, but you didn't show up. You did not show up against the Orlando Magic. So... Uh, anyway, the Pelicans they fall to three and four, drop uh, drop uh, just below 500. We'll see if they can get back to 500 tomorrow night with Minnesota coming to Smoothie King Center. Uh, we will take a quick break here. When we come back, a whole lot more we got to get into still this morning. Like we mentioned, it is Hate Bama Week, so we're going to get to some uh, audio from Coach O. We'll hear from him this morning. Also, we'll got an update on Tom Benson. Uh, apparently, he's been he's doing very well after spending Sunday night in the hospital. So we'll get you an update on that. Sounds like the Saints are going to ease back Delvin Bro into action this week. So uh, we'll be good to have him back out there, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, much, much more as the Saints prepare for the Buccaneers. We'll get into all of that right after this. It's the Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on a Tuesday morning. Coming to you from Los Angeles, we're out here for uh, game six of the World Series, hoping to see LSU stud Alex Bregman and Houston Astros close things out tonight in L.A., and it would be phenomenal if they could do that. I mean, look, we're, we're legitimately talking about Alex Bregman being named the MVP of the World Series, and this kid was just at LSU two years ago. Um, going to Omaha, and never would have thought that he would shoot through the system that quickly, and become a a really really good player, and not just a really good player, but a guy who's contributing big time for his team in the postseason. And the, and the aver you know the postseason average isn't isn't great. He's hitting around 219 so far this postseason, but what he's coming up with is big hits, big hits at big times. And on Sunday, or Monday, the or uh, I'll get it straight. Saturday's game where the Astros lost late, uh, their bullpen gave way, and it was like six to one in that ninth inning against Kenley Jansen, one of the best closers in the league, pitching for the Dodgers. Bregman put together a pretty good at bat and ended up homering off of off of Jansen and made it six to two, and they still lost. So, not too many people put much stock into that. At bat, it was like, okay, well, they hit a home run, but too little, too late. It was They lost 6-2. to Well, what ends up happening is, in Sunday night's game, in extra innings, in the 10th inning, Bregman ends up facing Kenley Jansen again, with runners on this time. And Bregman said, <clears throat> you know, based on that at bat Sunday night, that or rather Saturday night, that's what paid off for him to come through on Sunday night, because he said something like, he was seeing slider or rather he, he hit the home run off a slider and so he knew jansen wasn't going to throw that throw that again to him so he's looking for curveball and as soon as he as soon as he saw it he jumped on it and boom delivered the game winning hit and delivers a game you know delivers a walk off game winner and the astros win so kid has been absolutely phenomenal and in this entire series with the dodgers he's driven in a run in every single game all 5 games he has an rbi and that's unheard of for a player this young. I think he's the the only the youngest player in MLB history to record a, an RBI in all five of his first his first five World Series appearances. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But Alex Bregman, twenty three just twenty three years old, an opportunity here. <clears throat> again, he's gonna have to come come through tonight, knock in some runs again, but he delivers tonight. I absolutely think he'd be named the MVP of the of the World Series. Crazy, absolutely nuts. We we're watching this kid play at LSU just just a couple years ago, and he was really good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was good at LSU. I just never, th- I never thought he'd turn into this kind of a pro. But he's on an absolutely loaded team. When you talk about guys like Jose Altuve and uh, George Springer and all these uh, Carlos Correa, so. He's in a good spot, man. He's really in a good spot. And now they've got one of the hottest pitchers in baseball for the past month, Justin Verlander, taking the mound really past two months. He's been undefeated as an Astros pitcher. Has not not taken a loss. And it actually won every decision prior to the game he started in L.A. just a week ago. The Astros were able to – that was game two. The Astros were able to rally late and uh, get the win there. And really, Verlander just missed on two pitches. One was a solo shot, and then another one came in, like, I think the fifth inning or sixth inning, two-run homer. But outside of those two pitches, he was really good. At five strikeouts, and like I said, had won every decision. Every time he'd taken the mound for the Astros this season, he had had walked off with a W. So uh, we'll see if the Astros can get that done tonight. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the Dodgers... They feel like they've got a little momentum coming back, because think about the last series when the Astros went seven with the Yankees. They end up dropping all three in New York. You know, they had home field advantage in the the series. They come back from New York losing three straight to the Yankees, and all New York has to do is just win one of those remaining two games in Houston, and they couldn't do it. The Astros won both, and the Astros advanced to the World Series. So, you know, that's basically the same scenario that the Dodgers are facing here, is they only need to, you know, that... They just need to hold serve at home. They need to win their two home games, and they've got an incredible record this year at home, and they've won a lot of home games. So we'll see what the atmosphere's like tonight. I expect it to be loud and and crazy again. Early in earlier last week, when we were here, the crowd was okay. It just took them a little while to get into it because, like I talked about, all these all these L.A. people are, you know, all these L.A. people are um, they're rich and loaded, and they have tons of money, and they. Uh, <laughs> They're more worried about taking selfies at the games than actually cheering for the team and paying attention to what's going on. So we'll see what kind of crowd it is today, but like I said, hopefully the Astros can, can walk it off. Uh, in a couple couple minutes, we will go to uh, our guy Amos Morrell from NOLA.com. We're going to talk some Saints with him, but first let's get Reggie in here, who I know has got to be excited that the Saints are on a five-game win streak. Reggie, what's up, man? Good morning. Good
0: morning, fellas. Good morning. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked about Man, they it's doing their thing out here, and uh, man, I just uh I don't know if y'all heard, but I just got uh um on my little timeline that the Eagles just made a trade for Ajayi from Miami. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm actually just seeing that now, right now, coming down on my phone. The Dolphins have traded running back Jay Ajayi to the Eagles. So the Eagles, with the best record in the uh, in the NFC, and they've kind of struggled with their run game this year. LeGarrette Blount. Wendell Smallwood. This gives them a feature back now in Jaijai, and that makes the Eagles even stronger now moving forward.
0: Yeah, man, I, they they cheating now. They they like those kids in the neighborhood that pick the, the cop teams and be like, man, y'all cheating, man. You can't you can't have a running back <laughs> like that. Y'all already have only one loss, man.
3: Yeah, but no, that's that's hey. uh that's interesting, man. That's gonna that's gonna be tough. Uh, you know, look. To, that's always a tough place to go into, but remember the Saints did it. I guess how many years ago was that? A couple years ago when they went to the playoffs and, and had to play beat the Eagles in Philly, and uh, they were able. I think to get that it was Rob
0: there. Ryan first year as defensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah, yeah, they
3: were able to, able to get it done. Unfortunately, they had to go to after that they had to go to the place where they could never win, and that was Seattle.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, another who that week, man. I'm feeling good. Saints five and two. Hoping that they can. Uh, the Dallas fans out here—they're crying right now. And Zeke is on his suspension again, so I'm feeling great. <laughs> feeling great. <laughs> well, Y'all thanks, Reggie. All
3: right, thanks, Reggie. I like, appreciate you uh, jumping in and peacocking a little bit. Yeah, that news coming down last night that the judge has ruled again. I mean, look, this thing's going back and forth, back and forth, and I don't—I don't know if this is it or if they have another appeal down the pipe or whatever. But sounds like Zeke Elliott is going to be out. Um and have to, gonna have to serve this suspension now. So um the Cowboys are sitting right there four and three. You know, they're three games back of the of the Eagles in the in the standings. So uh hey, you know, they I think they're in the wild card mix, absolutely, but they're gonna need some of those other guys to step up behind him. I guess they still have what, Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. Those guys will step in in Ezekiel Elliott's void, but uh yeah, if you're if, you're, if you don't if you dislike the Cowboys like I do, then you are, you are gloating today. All right, let's do this. We'll take our uh, next break. When we come back, we're going go to uh, go out to talk to our guy, Amos Morales, NOLA.com. We'll talk some Saints with him. Stick around. It's the Chris Gordy show right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. California
2: Learn what our insiders know about your home teams. Sports 1280 New Orleans.
3: Welcome back and Chris Gordy's show here on Sports 1280 on a Tuesday morning coming to you live from Los Angeles out here for games
2: Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered
1: Jumbacasino.com
2: it's my little escape
1: now Judy's the life of the party
2: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
1: whoa take it easy Judy The Chumba life is for everybody, so go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Six of the World Series tonight, hoping the York-Houston Astros, your LSU Tiger alums, Alex Bregman and Will Harris, hopefully can get it done tonight and Bring a World Series out to the uh, back to the area. You know, I, I I miss the days of when the Zephyrs were the AAA affiliate for the for the Astros because it was so cool to see see those guys get a chance to move up. I mean, look, it's it's nice to have them with the with the Marlins, and and you know it is what it is. But uh, just kind of like to where you know you can see those guys get called up through the system like Lance Berkman, and then you can make the the five hour drive to the west to go see them play in the big leagues. But uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, I am out here where the where the Saints will be out here in a month to take on the Rams on November 26th, and that'll be a tough one. And hopefully, the Saints will be riding a nice long win streak. At that point, join us now to talk a little bit about your New Orleans Saints. Our guy Amos Morel from NOLA.com. Amos, good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing all
2: right. How about you this morning?
3: I am. Uh, I was doing great, man. I was I'm a little, little sleep, but still uh, celebrating. I mean, yesterday I was just. Absolutely gloating after the Saints winning five in a row. Look, it wasn't pretty against Chicago. They had their issues, but hey, a win is a win, and to, to win five straight, and, and, and it's a good thing for Sean Payton and Drew Brees to be able to go back and look at film and say, hey, here's what we did wrong. Here's where we need to clean up some mistakes because you got some, some better opponents coming up down the pipe, but still, it's quite an accomplishment after you start the season 0-2 to run off five in a row. Oh,
2: absolutely! Uh, and you know, when you say that 0 and 2, you know we've talked about this before. That 0 and those first two were just—it's been a complete turnaround from those first two. So running, and then you have won him in different ways. You know, this one was a closer game than some of the other ones you've won. So it's been a—it's been a good little run for him.
3: When you talk about uh, what what the big. The big changes for the saints you know how were they able to run off these wins i mean it's it starts with the defense obviously the offense and drew brees they've been okay and you know even at times they've they've been uh, inconsistent but the defense has been the one saving grace and it's an amazing job what dennis allen has done with this group even with injuries i mean losing guys to injury already alex anzalone and and others but uh for able to for them to able to withstand it and still put out a, a good defense that is is not just playing well but making winning plays like they did the other day late in the Chicago game. It's it's impressive with the job that Dennis Allen has done.
2: Oh absolutely. And you know, you talk about the injuries, you know, rookie Alex Anzaloni was playing pretty well before he went down and, you know, Craig Robertson has stepped in and played very well in that position. You're getting a lot of, getting a lot out of the pass rush these last few weeks. You know, Cam Jordan's having probably one of the best years of his career. Alex Okafor is showing that he's been a really good off season acquisition. Uh, you look in the back end. Marshawn Lattimore is playing like every bit of that first round draft pick, and you're wondering how he fell to the Saints. Even with his, uh, you know, the, the history, injury history he had in college, you're starting to wonder how he fell to the Saints. He's having a rookie of the year type season. Ken Crawley's playing well for him. Kenny Vaccaro's having one of the best years of his career. You, those guys are just playing with a lot of confidence, and you know, uh, Allen is definitely putting them in the right spots to take advantage of the things they're doing well.
3: One other guy, you you mentioned him there, Kenny Vaccaro. I mean, look, coming into this season, I was ready to move on from him. I mean, I think he's a free agent up after this year, and I was saying during training camp, there's no way they're going to pay that guy. um, You know, he's dead man walking. He's going to be done after this year, and he's kind of having this resurgent year where he's really starting to play well and not just, you know, against the run, which I always thought was more of his strength, but he's done well in pass coverage and playing – playing in that zone and at Tampa 2 like they played late in the game last week. And um, I like what I'm seeing out of Kenny Vaccaro this season. Absolutely.
2: And that's been the thing, you know, they, they've, they've talked about this, and Coach Payton's talked about this. The closer Kenny can get to the ball, the more effective he is. And you're really seeing that with just the way he's out, uh, you know, getting sacks. He's getting interceptions. You know, he's uh, around the ball when the fumbles are happening. You know, he just seems to be all over the field. And, you know, he's one of the guys, you know, before the season, you mentioned him being a free agent. He said, you know, you know if we're winning, all of that will take care of itself. So you know, he's going to make it make it hard for them if they decide to go a different direction, which it's not looking likely like they're going to do that. But if they did, it, he's going to be a, a very high commodity.
3: Let's talk about one of the negatives from the game over the weekend. You know, look, the, they, they got rid of Adrian Peterson and, it worked out for both teams. He's having he's having a nice little run in Arizona, and the, the Saints were just having more production with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara getting the touches, to be honest. But uh, Mark Ingram, the past couple weeks, he's looked really good, and then this past Sunday, that that bugaboo, that thing that's kind of uh, been his Achilles heel throughout his NFL career and especially early in his career, uh, has been the fumbling. And, and we've seen in the past Sean Payton has – made statements before and benched him at times when, when, he, when the fumbling has been a concern. And he had not one but two big fumbles late in this game that, that kept the door open for Chicago. And, it, you know, luckily the defense stepped up and they were able to prevent Trubisky from going down the field and uh, taking the lead. But, you know, it, that, that's concerning if you're Sean Payton. And I even said, Amos, I would not be surprised if Sean Payton sends a statement and starts Alvin Kamara this week just to send that message to Ingram, you cannot, you cannot fumble for us.
2: Well, absolutely. And, you know, he, Sean uh, Payton said that whatever the message is, it was going to be between him and Mark. Mark was, uh, you know, after the game, very clear on what he thought of his performance, you know, despite the fact that he, you know, had some nice totals, did a, you know, had a very nice runs early on in the game and, you know, was doing some really good things, helping the Saints move the chains. You know, he said he sucked. It didn't seem to matter. You know, we tried to point out some of those those other things, ask him about other things. He was like, nope, let the team down. I sucked. So, you know, he, he realizes that that's something that he needs to clean up, especially, you know, uh, putting the defense in some, some, some tough situations. You know, you, you've got a, you got you're cleaning you know, a small lead. You know, the Bears just scored. He puts the ball on the ground again. They're able to recover. The defense is able to come out there. That's one thing it did highlight was that this defense is definitely playing with a lot of confidence because, you know, after the game, we talked to them. A lot of the players said that, you know, oh, when that happened, we knew we were going to go out there and get the stop which is something that you couldn't count on this defense to do you know, the past three to four years. You, know, you were relying on that offense. So this is, that's one thing is that this team is playing with the capabilities now to, to kind of cover up when the offense isn't having a good day like that. So that's one thing that's really noticeable about this season so far.
3: Uh, something that's just a little bit, uh, a little bit odd. We know Willie Sneed has has come back, and uh, you know we've seen him on the field a little bit. But why has he B- he been so limited? Why has he played so few snaps, and why has he not just been able to step right back in and and become what he what he's been the past few years in New Orleans?
2: Well, you know, uh, man, you mentioned the uh, mentioned that I know uh, Sean Payton even said yesterday that he they wanted to get Willie some more snaps yesterday. The way the game kind of played out didn't uh, didn't really provide for that. You know, he was out with the suspension, and then also, you know, he was dealing with a, a bit of a, a bit of an injury, a bit of a hamstring injury. So he wasn't able to really, you know, work out even get kind of get himself into that condition. But, you know, he's he's playing a, a little bit more of a catch up than a guy normally would be coming off of a suspension like that. And then you also got to look at, like, you know, Michael Thomas is playing well. Ted Ginn is having a real nice stretch these last couple weeks. And Brandon Coleman, who had a really good training camp, you know, has been making some big catches for him. You just look at this Chicago game, you know, he has a grab early that he takes for, you know, almost all the way down the field. So, you know, you're playing really well at the wide receiver spot, so I think they just think there's no reason to rush him out there if he's not all the way ready to be out there in terms of conditioning.
3: Talk with Amos morale nola dot com Amos um what is the latest on delvin bro? I know he spoke with the media yesterday, and it sounds like he's getting ever so closer to a return here, right?
2: Oh, yeah, he says he's on track uh you know he said he was full go for uh, most of the practices last week, and you know uh he says he's feeling well, and he said that's one thing you know this year he went on i r so he had you know a full time allotted to recover, you know last year when he had this injury. You know, he was out for six weeks, and as soon as they said he could go, he was back in there. So, you know, he said being a little bit more patient with him, uh, in terms of this injury is helping him out. And, you know, he's excited. He's not sure if this weekend will be the weekend. But, you know, he said he's ready to do whatever. And, you know, he's he said he's been itching to get out there because that defense has been playing well, and he wants to get in there and be a part of that. So, uh, you know, you look at that, you get him back, and he plays well along with the guys you've got out there. All of a sudden, that secondary, is, you know, which has been playing very well, got a big boost. So uh, he's one that I know they want to get back out there, and he definitely wants to get back out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, your one saving grace is that Lattimore has play, played really, really well. Guy's not playing like a rookie at all. Uh, Make it plays, even an interception late in the game to seal the deal this past week. And then on top of that, Ken Crawley's played well. Um, you know, other guys around him are all stepping up and playing really well. And so – you know, it's almost like, hey, Delvin, if you're not ready to go, we, we don't need you yet. But you're right. I mean, they get him back in there. That's going to make them even that much better. And, uh, man, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's been a, it's been years, Amos, since you could say the Saints defense was – a or the secondary was a strength. And it's, it really feels that way right now.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's just you could tell uh, when you talk to these guys, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um you know, they're playing with a lot of mental toughness. You know, uh, you know, we talk about that Green Bay game with a lot of them last week and you know, how that kinda of showed them, you know, something that you uh you didn't see from that defense, which was them being able to make adjustments and shut down the run or you know, make adjustments and slow a passing game. And that's something that, you know, when you look at look down that roster, you know, there's a lot of young guys on there. Von Bell's just in his second year, he's getting a lot of snaps. Marcus Williams is a rookie. The other safety, he's getting a lot of snaps. You know, Marshawn Lattimore is a, a rookie. You know, Ken Crawley's only in his second year. You know, these are a lot of young guys. So this little stretch here, you know, with them all playing so well, is you know they're really buying into what's going on here, and that's really helping that team. You know, that defense as a whole, especially with the way the pass rushes going. You know, these guys are are able to fly around and really, you know get after the ball and try to make plays and you know, gamble on those interceptions and go after these turnovers just because, you know, the these off-season acquisitions, you know, even looking at A.J. Klein, who's playing great at linebacker, you know, these off-season acquisitions and, you know, some improved play from some of the veterans on that defense is really helping these rookies, you know, come along quickly. And that's something that I think is really key with this defense is that all these young guys are developing and coming along quick.
3: Talk with Amos from Nola.com. I know I saw this. Uh, you, you had a piece up on uh, the the Bucks and the and the um, uh, the Saints this weekend, saying that the, the Saints are a six and a half point favorite in the early lines, and so you would fully expect the Saints to, to go out there and handle their business. And the Bucks are the Bucks are struggling right now. I mean, they just lost to the Panthers. Uh, only scored three points against them. And Jameis Winston in this offense. You thought adding Deshaun Jackson in there and getting uh, Doug Martin back and and all that that this offense would really be clicking, but they're having their issues.
2: Yeah, and you know you also you mentioned that they you know took OJ Howard out of Alabama in the first round. You know it's a really really talented tight end. So the fact that they're struggling to score points like they have been this season has been kind of a surprise. And uh, you know look at them coming up to face what is now <laughs> looking like a very formidable Saints defense. You got to think the Saints are going to be stretch that game, that winning streak to six games after this if that offense can kind of clean up some of those mistakes they were making last week. Um, But yeah, no, this uh, season's kind of played out weird like that. You know, Carolina's been kind of up and down all season, even though their record is, you know, they're still five and three with the winning record, and Atlanta's looks kind of rough. But the season is kind of shaping up to to let the Saints kind of stay in that division. Stay in
3: the hunt for that division win. Absolutely. Here's AmosParralNola.com. Amos, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, one last thing, real quick. Would Zealous uh, You beat Alabama this week?
2: You, you know I'm not going to say that they're <laughs> going to lose. <laughs> you know that's not
3: happening. So go no Tigers. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, Amos. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. All right, anytime. All right, Bob. talk to you again soon. Um, Amos Burrell, Nola.com. Check out his stuff at uh, right there, nola.com. Good stuff there. Let's take our break. we a little bit over here. We'll catch up on our on our break. One more segment to go here in hour number one. Uh, still got a whole lot of stuff we got to get into, including uh, some LSU talk and hear from Coach Ogeron. All that coming up here right here on Sports 1280
0: New Orleans.
3: Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Welcome back in, Chris Gordy's Show. Here on a Tuesday, coming to you from Los Angeles. Game six of the World Series tonight. I'll be there. Astros taking on the Dodgers. We'll see if the Astros can close it out. Justin Verlander on the mound, and like I said, hopefully our guy, hopefully our guy uh, Alex Bregman can win MVP. Would be certainly something. Uh, I, I'm just I'm floored by this. Uh, trade coming down. You know, the NFL trade deadline, it, it's it's weird. It's never really an active time in, in the NFL. We, we've seen, you know, in other leagues, NBA, NBA trade deadline is crazy. Like, the the moves that go down at the NBA trade do- deadline are nuts. Even Major League Baseball tends to make some big moves. Like, we saw this year, uh, the Astros, um, you know, they, they made the move for Justin Verlander. They didn't make it right at the trade deadline. They tried, and, the, and it didn't, and it fell through, and then they ended up doing the the, the waiver trade a few weeks later, but even still, Major League Baseball has big trade deadline deadline moves. NFL, you don't really see much. It, it just tends to, you know, th- there'll be a move here and there, but a lot of times with your salary cap and how your roster shapes up, you, you don't want to move big salaries or, or inherit a big salary or whatever, so it just tend not it tends not to be a whole lot of big moves, NFL trade deadline uh, every year, but this year, the a lot of activity going on last night. We saw the uh, Houston Texans, who had just played the Seattle Seahawks. They just got back their their offensive tackle, Dwayne Brown, who had been holding out. He was unhappy with his contract, among other things. And so uh, they played a, they played the Seahawks. And then after the game, um, you know, last night the Seahawks make a make a move and trade for Dwayne Brown. So the Texans trade Dwayne Brown to the Seattle Seahawks and. Look, that helps Seattle. They've had some issues, especially run blocking, but on that offensive line, protecting for Russell Wilson. So that's a big move for them to bring in a veteran like Dwayne Brown. Now, he may only have one or two good years left in him, but that's a win-now move for Seattle thinking, all right, we're still in this thing. They got a big win over the Texans over the weekend, and they're absolutely still alive in, in the playoff hunt here and leaning the NFC West at 5-2, and two, tied with the Rams. And undefeated at home, as they typically are, Seattle. So that's a big move for them. The other move, how about the Cleveland Browns trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? The, and not only that, the Patriots moving on Garoppolo at this, at this time in the season. Like, it's a, just a really weird timing. Because that's been the talk the past few years is what is New England doing? I mean, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl last year. He's showing no signs of slowing down. Garoppolo is going to be due his second contract pretty soon. Uh, you know, they, he's still on his rookie deal, and they love him. They absolutely love him as a backup, I and mean, he served in as, as a serviceable starter last year during Bounty Gate, where, uh, or not Bounty Gate, Deflategate, when Brady missed those games. Garoppolo filled in, and he played really well. And then he got hurt, and then Jacoby Brissett came in, and he played well. Well, they flipped Brissett right before the season. They moved him to the Colts to get, uh, to get a draft pick, and... Now here they are, they're moving Garoppolo. And it sounds like the 49ers, in doing so, bringing in Garoppolo, they're going to cut Brian Hoyer. And apparently Brian Hoyer said he's interested in going back to New England where he was a backup to Tom Brady many years ago. So, you know, that'll be their backup. It's just an interesting move now because I just thought the asking price for Garoppolo would have been much higher in the offseason. And the Patriots end up getting a second-round pick for him. But the timing on it's just odd. Now for the Browns, uh, I'm sorry, the Niners. Did I say Browns. I meant 49ers. The uh, San Francisco 49ers get their get their quarterback of the future now, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he's going to do well there. They're, they they've got their franchise piece now. They can build around him. It's interesting in that though. The the 49ers are one of the worst teams this year, at 0 and 8. They and the Browns, they're both going to have probably the number one, number two picks in this draft. There's been a lot of discussion about how this is going to be a a quarterback talent-rich draft with Sam Sam Darnold from USC, Josh Rosen from UCLA, uh, you know, the, the kid from Wyoming. There's a ton of really good quarterbacks coming into this draft. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the Niners looked at it and said, we don't like any of those guys. We don't like Sam Darnold. We don't like Josh Rosen. We don't like any of them. So they made the move, and they said, let's go get Garoppolo. We like him. He's more seasoned. He, you know, he's got a little – Got a little season, a little polish, Learning behind Tom Brady the past few years. Let's go get him. And so, uh, an interesting move there from from the Niners, and it'll be an interesting it'll, interesting how it shapes up for the draft now. Because, like I said, that's that's now one team that's not going to be taking a, a quarterback and in, in, with a top two pick this year. You know, they'll they'll probably. I mean, they have so many needs. There there's so many different ways they can they can go, but. Maybe Arden Key, maybe they'll take, you know, the resurgent Arden Key who's finally dropped some weight and playing well for LSU, you know, maybe he can raise his draft stock back up because, you know, a year ago a lot of people were saying he'd be a top-five pick, and then throughout this season him having the, the off-season issues and uh, gaining weight and just not looking like himself, finally get back out on the field, well, he's productive again, so and we'll see. We've got plenty of time to break that down in the off-season as the draft nears, but it's it's an interesting note in the grand scheme of the, of the NFL, but the big move it just went down the past half hour is the Eagles acquiring Jay Ajayi, the running back from the from the Miami Dolphins, in exchange for a fourth-round pick. What are the Dolphins doing? I mean, um, I know Adam Gase took a shot at Ajayi at their loss to the Ravens last week, but I guess the relationship there soured. I guess Ajayi said, I'm not playing for you. I don't like you. <laughs> you know, Whatever the case is, and they're moving on. So a fourth, their starting feature running back who was, had a phenomenal year last year. What do you have like three 200 plus yard rushing games last year? Incredible. They get a fourth round pick. JJ now goes to the Eagles and the rich get richer. Eagles already the best team in the NFC at 7-1 get even better. So that's bad news for the Saints in the grand scheme of things. Alright we'll take a quick break We'll come back, hour number two, get underway. We've still got to talk some LSU. We haven't done that yet. We'll hear from Coach Ed Ogeron. We'll hear from Sean Payton and much more. Hour number two, the Chris Gordon Show coming up. Stay there.
1: Plus